Hey, would you stand with me, please? I want to read the scriptures here. Um, just stand with me on Psalm 34, 7, Psalm 71, 18. Notice uh, these scriptures here. Um, Psalm 30, I mean, Deuteronomy 34, 7 says this. Um, notice what it says here. And let's read it together. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Um, hold on before we go to the next one. What it says right here in the translation. It says his eyesight was not weakened and his vigor or his ability to do life, I like what it says right here, was not reduced. And so what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks is how he was living strong but living long. And that was Moses at 120. And notice Psalm 71, 18. It says this, let's read it together. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. Amen. You can be seated. Today, the idea of aging gracefully seems lost in our society. Emphasis is repeatedly placed on the fact of remaining young, which I understand that. However, if you're entering in what we call the golden years or your senior adult years, and in Moses' case, if you're living to 120, that means at 60, you're halfway there or that's your midlife. Uh, the value of growing older is a good thing. You hold a unique position and being able to influence the next generation honor God. I've always said that, especially uh, concerning people that are senior adults that I could have been around and those that have influenced my life, that their wisdom, their experience taught me and I learned from that and I valued that. But also, again, I think it's important that we as a church family really look at the uniqueness of how you're qualified as a senior adult, especially as you grow older, the things you can do. And by the way, bottom line is the body of Christ needs you. We need senior adults. As a matter of fact, I was talking to someone in our church about the fact that I miss our senior adult group ministry we used to have here because a lot of them unfortunately have passed away and I'm still looking for a senior adult leader and even though I have some but I want to do more of that in the days ahead because that's a dynamic that we need. We need for people to have a mindset that the older they get the better they get and we're going to talk about that. First of all first one I want to talk about I have six things to share with you real quickly is this simply you need to help the next generation number one you need to help to, number one you need to help the next generation see that living a lifetime of godliness is possible. Everybody say possible. It is possible. Look what it says here in Titus 2, 11 through 13. Titus 2, 11 through 13 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men and women, teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lusts, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Verse 13 looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So notice what it's saying there. It's saying that this is possible for you to live this kind of way. And like this, uh, you have learned that godly living is the only way to truly live life. I mean, how many of us know that? It's not something that you outgrow or reason away. It means that when you serve the Lord each and every, with each and every area of your life, you have a dynamic of joy that comes into your life and people see that. And it's possible. It's possible to live a full life. Everybody say full life. Full life surrendered to the Lord. Number two, help the next generation see what godly endurance looks like. Hebrews 10, 36. 
Hebrews 10, 36, notice what it says. It says, for you have need of endurance or patience so that after you have done the will of God, after you stood, you may receive the promise. So look at it again. You have need of this consistency. And consistency is the very first message I ever spoke in this church 19 years ago. And consistency is important. And people need to see that in your life, that you're consistently consistent. What does it say about Jesus? He was the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was what? Consistently consistent. And you said, Pastor Brian, I'm working on that. <laughs> We're all working on that, okay? But listen to me. Listen to this. You have learned as you grow older over time how to live by faith regardless of the hardships, the persecutions, the disappointments. While a younger person may question how to get through tough times, as you grow older, in my opinion, you've learned how to stay faithful to God. I love the quote from Rocky, the movie Rocky Balboa, when his sons brought him outside the restaurant. And his son was complaining to him about, you know, the fight that he was going to go in. He says, you're embarrassing me, all this. And Rocky just answered him and said, listen, I'm not here to embarrass you, but I'm telling you, life is hard. Life's going to come at you in every kind of way possible to try to beat you down and knock you out. But I'm telling you, you've got what it takes. You are not a loser, but you're a winner. But quitters are losers, and people who don't give up are winners, was essentially what he was saying in that quote. And it's the same way with life here. I mean, it's easy to quit. It's easy to give up. It's easy to, as they say, throw in the towel. But let me tell you this. When you endure, and you do that before your family, before children, before grandchildren, and they see that endurance, they see that consistency, they see that faithfulness, it just does something to you. I mean, it does something to you. I mean, I, I was taught about tithing, not necessarily from my pa first pastor, Bill Haywood. I was taught by my grandfather, Taft Rudd, because every Saturday I'd go down and see him and uh, visit with him. And this is my mother's uh, dad. And uh, every Saturday he'd have this, he had this, he, he had a shirt and he had stuff in his, in his coat, I mean, his pocket here. And he always had a check sticking out <laughs> that, if it's on Saturdays of that Saturday when I saw him. And finally, I just asked him, I said, Papa, his name was Papa. I said, Papa, what's that check for? I know there's your to-do list and some other things in that, in that pocket. Or he said, son, he said, that's my tithe check because tomorrow morning I'm giving my tithe to First Baptist Church of Sylacauga. Now, here's a man, listen to this. Here's a man in 37 years, 37 years, he only missed three services in 37 years. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I mean, and two of those was because he's in the hospital. One of them was because of a funeral that I actually took him to, uh, my cousin's funeral. And he actually missed that Sunday because I was with him. But I'm telling you, what an amazing life of consistency, ladies and gentlemen. And even though I understood it biblically where he was coming from, but when I saw it in the practice and and how God had blessed him financially in so many things. I mean, his stock investments to this day are still benefiting my mother, consequently benefiting me because the accounts and all that are basically have my name on, well, they have my name on them, but my mother's stocks are the very investments that he made many, many years ago because he honored God, let God lead him. Sometimes he bought stocks that made no sense. And today we're getting dividend checks from my mother is on things that are just amazing. Amazing because why? He lived a life dedicated to the Lord, and you can do the same thing. Number three, help a generation see what it means to be passionately pursuing the Lord. Luke 10, 27. Luke 10, 27. Look what this says. It's a powerful verse of scripture. 
So he answered and said, this is Jesus speaking. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Look what it says there. You shall love the Lord your God with all that you have. And when you demonstrate that before others, listen. It's a testimony. I mean, for the younger generation, it's easy to get caught up in the cares of life. First of all, you're establishing a career. Maybe you're finding a spouse. Maybe you're raising a young family. Maybe you're even sending a teenager to college or or children to school, especially uh, in our case, we sent ours to private schools or or, our schools, you know, through a Becca. And uh, we had to, that was different. Maybe they're going through transition like in ours. They're working jobs and things like that. And you're experiencing and all these life changes, but yet over the long haul, they see you passionately pursuing the Lord. I mean, I want my children not to know me as what I get, do, do for them financially or physically. All that's important. I mean, it is important, okay? And, and I do my best to honor my children. But my greatest legacy my chi- I want my children to have a better dad is that I love the Lord with all my being. That he was first place in my life. His word was final authority. That I lived what I said. That I was consistently consistent. All those other things will line themselves up financially, physically, materially. They come together over time. But you know, like with my grandfather, his greatest legacy was not then what he left me. He left me some things and I inherited some things and I'm thankful for the legacy. But it was these principles I mean, I have his uh, budget book in my office. <laughs> it just amazed me how he operated financially. But on every one of those sheets, at the top of every one of those sheets was Sunday morning, First Baptist Church, here's my check, it's where it's going. And it just amazed me how faithful and dedicated he was and how he lived a strong, healthy life and how he didn't quite know the fullness of God's word that we're teaching here, but he lived and walked in what he knew. And I was just amazed. I was just amazed about how the legacy perpetuates even today to the point where I named my first son after him because he made that quite of an example over my life. And you say, well, Pastor Brian, I made a lot of mistakes. I hope my children, my grandchildren can understand that. Listen, they do. And they're not looking for you being perfect. They're looking for you being sincere. Do you hear me? They're not looking for you being perfect. They're looking for you being sincere. And when sincerity is seen, then the purity of sincerity outshines all the other mistakes. Amen. That's pretty good preaching this morning, is it not? <laughs> hey, look at the next one. Help the next generation to keep his eyes on Jesus. John 14, 1. John 14, 1. Jesus said this. Everybody say Jesus. He said this. I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm the way to live. I am the truth. If you're looking for truth, if you're looking for the way to live, if you're looking for life, there's no other way that it comes. It doesn't come by joining a church, even though we welcome that. doesn't come by being baptized in water, even though we do that. doesn't come by all these other things that we practice as far as the church. It comes by who? By the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you what, that is so important because it is so easy to get caught off in trends and moments of things as far as our society. Let me tell you something. I love what Ronald Reagan used to do. He said, as far as dressing, he said, listen, I'm going to wear blue suits, black suits, white shirts, red ties, and blue ties. Because he said, if I go through all these fads 30 or 40 years from now, I will look like an idiot as far as people looking at my pictures. He knew how to position himself to be in legacy mode. How many of us remember seeing like 50 years ago when the men wore the ties and they were right up to here? (laughs) 
<laughs> and their bellies were sticking out. Listen, I'm telling you what, there's a way to leave a legacy. You know, I don't know why I was talking about ties anyway, because nobody does that here. But I'm serious. Getting caught up in the trends of society, you know, and being the, the latest this and the latest that and, you know, the latest house and the latest, you know, whatever. And that's all good and, and that's all fine. But that's not the legacy you want to live. You want to show that Jesus was the way to live. You want to show that he's truth in the midst of all kinds of deception. And he's life. I mean, he's life. If you live to 100, which I'm believing that you will, you lived a full hundred years. That's what I love about Billy Graham. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's in his eighties. Everybody said he was going to die of Parkinson's and yet he was determined to live his life. And even though in 95, he had to sort of stay at his house, but you know what he did? He flipped his house and he said, listen, I may not can get out like I want to other than walking around this house. So what I'll do is I'll bring people to me. And so he brought presidents, he brought people, he brought all kinds of people to his house. As a matter of fact, one evening I arranged for Cousins Barbecue right here locally to be flown to Dr. Graham's house that morning or by noon that day, it was made that morning, flew it to, to, to uh, Charlotte that day at noon, and that evening, early afternoon, was served on his table for guests because it made Dr. Graham happy that he could have Texas Barbecue on a Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> via Brian Jacobs and Metroplex Family Church. Do you know that? Do you know we did that many years ago? We served Dr. Graham's meal. I, I had a great time doing that. Why? Because he said, you know what? I may be limited, but I'm not going to quit. I may be, you know, having to do it this way, but I'm never going to give up. And I said, hey, Dr. Graham, if that's the attitude you want to have and bless some of your family members and bring some friends over, I want to be a part of that. And we did that one day at Metroplex Family Church. That is the best five $500 we've ever invested in this church, in my opinion. <laughs> Amen. Look at the number five. Number five, help the next generation understand the importance of God's word. Joshua 1, 6 through 9. Let me give some background on this. This is Joshua who had a book named after him because he took over from Moses. And by the way, when the world says being second is no good, Joshua was second and then God promoted him to be first because he was faithful with what another man had. Isn't that interesting? Look what it says here. God speaking directly to Joshua says, only be strong and very courageous. Let's say that together. Only that you may observe to do according to all the law which God or the word of God which Moses my servant was commanded you do not turn from the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go watch this verse 8 here we go the book of the law or the word of God shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall what meditate in it think about it day and night that you may observe to do all this written in for then look what it says what will happen for then you will make your way what one more time, and then you will have good success because putting God's words first place, final authority in your life. Isn't that awesome? I mean, there's a principle of success right here that God told simply to Joshua, listen, if you'll just follow this every single day, put it first place, final authority in your mind, in your mouth, I promise you, I promise you, you will have success. And ladies and gentlemen, what an encouraging thing that is for you and I to know that we can have success in this life, not because of what 
what we do, but because of who we believe and what he's already provided for us. God is unlimited, in my opinion, of the things he's given you and I to be successful. And there shouldn't be a fear of growing older. There should be a welcoming. As a matter of fact, you can't stop it. You might as well embrace it. I mean, a lot of people get really discouraged that, oh, I'm going to break down and, you know, this is going to happen to me. And my Uncle Fred had this happen when he turned 75. I guess that's going to happen to me. I, listen, Uncle Fred, I understand. You love Uncle Fred. But you know what? What happened to Uncle Fred doesn't happen to happen to you. Okay? And listen, you love your family and I understand the, you know, the gene thing. I understand that. But I traded my blue jeans in on October the 16th, 1983, and I got another pair. <laughs> okay, you knew I was going to put that in there because it's October, okay? I mean, do you realize in one week I'll be celebrating 40 years of knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? And I am so thankful for October and its beginnings. I'm so thankful for what happened to me 40 years. But the greatest legacy that happened to me 40 years ago was not just salvation but it was helping me to understand the importance and the value of putting God's word first place in my life. When I learned that and I saw that God had a covenant word with me and he promised me things and he would do those things if I would simply surrender and submit to him, I knew that this journey that I was starting was going to be okay. And I look back 40 years from that point till today and I'm so thankful that I made that decision. People ask me, what are the greatest decisions in your life? First of all, it was the Lord. Second of all, it was Sheila. And third of all, it was Metroplex Family Church. Those three things in a row. I mean, there are a lot of other decisions in between that. But all of that based on the fact that what God guides you to do and promises you and shows you how to do it after year after year after year of studying God's word, the more faithful I see how he's been to me and how faithful that he is, the stronger I get in the conviction that if you will put your absolute being into this book, this book will do something for you. It will change your life if you allow it. But if you just set it aside and just say, well, I'll give somewhat of attention to it when I'm in trouble or I'll come to church when I feel like it. Listen, if you came, you know, if you, you don't go to your job based on your feelings, you go there because you have to, right? There's some things in life that are not easy. I don't like doing exercise. I try to do 10 to 12, 13,000 steps a day. That's not easy. My flesh wants to stay at home, watch TV, or do something, or rest. But I get up to that seminary, and I walk, 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 and I look at my phone, and I thought, I have been walking for 45 minutes, and it only has this many steps to it, <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, I don't know about this getting older thing. I'm starting to make noises. I don't know about you. <laughs> what is up with that? Like when I've been down here, oh! <laughs> and getting out of the car, I hear that, ah, I'm like, hey, we ain't going there, okay? So I'm out stretching, and boy, stretching has become a whole new deal. <laughs> I'm about to turn 60 years old, and, I to, and I'm like, tying my shoes used to be like, boop, 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 now I'm having to really focus on it, and I'm like, uh-uh, I am not doing this. I mean, yeah, I'll let the hair go. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. But everything else is going to stay the same, okay? I mean, I am not going to lose my vigor. And the other day I was in Kroger, and I was bending over to pick something, and I was like, and I just made this sound. I was like, what in the world is that? I was thinking, who made that sound? It was me. <laughs> Anyway, I tell you what, I'm just, I'm not going to do it. You can do it if you want to. I am going to live strong and I am going to live long. And uh, that's just all there is to it. And 
<laughs> but we need each other's help, seriously. Most people try to do it by themselves. They try to walk these things out. That's why we need the power of not only God's word, but number six is we need to help each other. It says, help the next generation see how precious the Christian fellowship is. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes 4.10. This is, this is powerful. This is the New Living Translation. Watch this now. This is awesome. For if one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But look at this now. But if someone who falls alone, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Notice that. Someone who falls alone is in real trouble, and that should never be a case. If you've got something you're going through, we need to know about it. I don't have a crystal ball. God can speak to me, and he has, but many times, even though he'll speak to me about someone, I'm not necessarily the one to call him up. Sometimes if I call you up and ask you how you're doing, and I say, really, I need to know how you're doing, then I'm really pressing in because I feel a sense that I need to do that. But nine times out of the ten, I don't necessarily do that. But I want you to know, we need one another. It's precious for you to have help. And by the way, if you need a counselor, I'm a counselor. Sheila's a counselor. If not, we have counselor connections. I have a dear professor friend of mine at, at SUM, the Bible college I go to. She um, decided to step down as vice president and do some other things. It, actually, she wanted to go into full-time counseling. Even though she was an outstanding vice president, it's Dr. Sonia Leonard in Sacramento. And she is pledged to help any female in our church for a reasonable amount, we're talking about $50 for an hour, to help them or anybody, couple necessarily, to, to walk through things personally. I mean, she's an outstanding, she's a doctor, uh, not a medical doctor, but a doctor of education, a doctor of psychology. And uh, these resources are out there. You shouldn't be by yourself fighting these things. And Sheila and I will talk to you. Listen, we'd be glad to talk to you. But sometimes if you want to, as they say, share your dirty laundry with somebody else without nobody else knows, we got an avenue for that, okay? And it's the same here locally. We have First Baptist Church has an entire counseling center. And even though I have promoted that in the light of this point here, number six, uh, they are booked out within a month. And so it's a little hard to get in there, but I want you to know, you shouldn't be doing life alone. And by the way, if you got some issues medically in your body, please, please. Uh, you say, well, I can't afford health insurance. I don't have health insurance, so I can't afford a doctor. Listen, we'll help you. Uh, First Baptist Church has a free clinic on Wednesdays all day and Thursday for a half a day. Uh, they will see you. We'll help you. I'll help you get to a local doctor. I promise. We'll pay for it to get you in. Don't, don't be without, okay? We're here to help you. If you're helping, if you're struggling financially, we want to help you as far as, you know, maybe there's a better way to do your spending. Maybe you need to have someone like a Don Anderson or a Richard Moore or someone at least look over your books and or look over your checkbook, excuse me, especially your mortgage situation or maybe you're dealing with some tax issues. We want to help you with that area because, you know, you you don't, you don't need to just give up. And someone told me, I'll never forget this, <laughs> years ago. Pastor Brian, I, this, was, this was in the other building. Pastor Brian, I believe the IRS is from the devil. And I'm not going to pay the government a single thing ever again. And they just just giving me an earful right there in front of Hughley Hospital. I mean, they weren't fussing at me. They were just fussing about And I just promise you, the Lord's going to protect me. And I'm just not going to ever pay taxes again. I looked at him. I said, well, 
Jesus said, you know, and I quoted the scripture, you know, render under Caesar was Caesar's. I know Jesus said that, but he wasn't living today and that wasn't referring to the IRS. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll never forget this. And so they stormed off. They weren't mad at me. They're just mad at the IRS and the government. I said, listen, I called them. I said, you're going to have to pay your taxes. I'm just telling you, you can avoid this all you want to, but it's going to, it's, you're going to have to do this eventually. Okay. I know Pastor Brian, I'm, 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 God's going to protect me. I'm praying the Lord's good. They, they're just, the IRS is going to, they're not even going to see my name on their rolls. The Lord's going to, and I said, no, that's just not going to happen. I just not going to happen. So about a year and a half later, <laughs> he came to the church and he brought all these letters that he had and he just threw them at me. I mean, he threw them at me. He said, you was right and I was wrong. Oh, about $7,000. Now who can I talk to? I said, well, you can go see Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and uh, so that was the the rest of that story. And Mr. Anderson knows who that person is. As a matter of fact, that person's doing really good with his company and all that now, and it's getting better and better. But it was funny when it was piling up on him, he didn't refuse because listen. The point is, we need one another. I wasn't there to, to, you know, take away his dream of not being able to owe any money, but I was saying, hey, listen, there is accountability, and you're going to have to do your part, but God is faithful, and Mr. Anderson maybe can't disclose everything, but the Lord has been good to that man and his company, and all his, he's come out of all that and has turned it around, and uh, I'm telling you what, God will turn it around, but we need help to help each other, okay? There's resources. Don't you ever think that you're going to fight these things by yourself because you're not supposed to, okay? Listen, we are all designed by God to have each other and help from each other. I want to close with this. Let me just close with this. This is something that's not in the notes, but um, I want to get to it real quick. I saw this the other day, and I was going to use it before, but we've got just a minute here, and I want to share this with you in my... Listen, this is good. Uh, I like this. Um, uh, and this is from, how many of you remember the, the actor Charlie Chaplin? Okay, as I close with this, uh, he, he's, he said there are four things to life, and he died at 88 years old. He said there's four life statements I'd like to leave. He said nothing, in the, nothing is eternal in this world, not even our problems. I like that. I like to walk in the rain because no one can see my tears. Number two, the most wasted day in life is the day we don't laugh. Oh, that's a good one. And number, the next one is number four. The six best doctors in the world, in my opinion, are these. Sunshine, rest, exercise, diet, self-esteem, self-esteem, and a friend that's a friend. Amen? And that's what we want to be as a body of Christ. He said, keep all these stages in life and enjoy a healthy life. If you see the moon, you see the beauty of God. If you see the sun, you see the power of God. If you look in the mirror, listen to this. If you look in the mirror, you see God's creation. Believe it. We're all tourists. God is our travel agent. He's already made our itineraries. He's already booked our destinations. Trust me and trust God. Enjoy life. Life is just a journey. Live each day to the fullest. Charlie Chaplin. Amen. That's what I want to encourage you to do with your life. Learn how to live in God's best. He trusted the Lord, and he sure didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have an iPad. He didn't have the Internet, and he didn't have self book. I mean, Facebook. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't have the things that we have. He sure didn't have all the blessings we have as far as materially. But he had one thing. He had peace with God. And I want to say what Dr. Billy Graham said better than me. Peace with God is priceless. And when you don't have peace with God, nothing can sustain your life greater than you going to God and having peace with him.